Hey listeners, turn invisible and get that kid, but not in a weird way, because today we're discussing Rick and Morty Season 4, Episode 10. What was it? <laughs> Mort Wars Rick Turn of the Jerry? Star Mort Rick Turn of the Jerry. You were close. You were you were close for, to your credit. Star Mort Rick Turn of the Jerry. <laughs> to their credit, they at least referenced Star Wars a couple times in this episode, so. There was a straight up Death Star. That was a pretty big plot point. So, first off. Toby, I have a pretty big bone to pick with you. Wow, what's what's that? You did not wish me or my wife a happy one year anniversary. <laughs> um, I have been, not kidding, married to Tyler for a year now, and you didn't say anything. Also, you didn't get him a wedding present. Yeah. Wait, this, this is what you <laughs> fucking tell me? Yep. Where the, where the fuck did you get married? <laughs> In, like, a fucking Las Vegas strip club? <laughs> I mean, basically, it was the Texas courthouse. First of all, how are you the first of this group of people to get married? Second of all, what in the fuck? <laughs> and Brandon knew this whole time? He told me a little while ago, as long as I wouldn't tell you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Let's introduce our lovely hosts. I'm Brandon. I'm Joe. I'm Toby. And yes, we're all surprised that Joseph is the first one of this group to get married. <laughs> I'm gonna send you a bag of shit in the mail. What the fuck? <laughs> That's fair. Also, if it helps, it wasn't like I deliberately didn't invite you. It was literally me, Tyler, and the lady behind the desk. What? <laughs> anyway. What? This week we you are discussing. No, no, no! You tell me on this fucking podcast. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I've been friends with this fucker a literal decade, <laughs> actually longer, like fifteen years. What the fuck? Holy shit! It has been fifteen years, hasn't it? Joseph, how are you gonna feel if this doesn't get us a ratings bump? Because it probably won't. Oh, uh, I mean, then I'll have to divorce her. Really. <laughs> like that—that's the only reason I did it. So, a year ago. <laughs> For this episode tonight. <laughs> what in the fuck? So, Rick and Morty. <laughs> yes, Rick and Morty. So, basically. <laughs> okay, how long have you been fucking planning to break the news on this fucking podcast? When I heard that the season was coming back, I did the math a little off, but it's close enough. I assumed that Rick and Morty would take a week <laughs> break and then come back with the other, like, it would be like three episodes on a break and then two episodes. That's not what they did, so it didn't quite make it to the full year. But since I heard that they were coming out around now with that, I'm like, it would be funny to have this on recording. You did the math. Yeah, I did math. <laughs> All right, let's get down to this episode. So this episode was fucking great. I am glad to be back, just in time for the finale. For context, folks, he's not being sarcastic like he was with the train episode. <laughs> oh yeah, no, 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 this is for real. Like, I am seriously enthusiastic as fuck about this episode. I am pumped. I watched this episode literally 20, 30 minutes ago. I was not super excited because I was like, uh, we're gonna watch another episode that like just doesn't feel like the show that I love. And I was completely wrong. They fucking knocked it out of the park with this. Fuck yeah. This in the first episode of the season, easily the best episode. I completely agree, which brings me to my main point. Why the fuck wasn't the rest of the season as good as this? Okay, no, no, no. This is not the time for that. I would say that's like getting like a really, really nice present on your birthday and being like, well, why the fuck didn't you get me something nice the other 364 days? No, it's not. <laughs> no, no, I agree that this season- That is not a good comparison at all. I agree that this season has not been great, but we just got a fucking gold 
golden present. Let's discuss it because this was great and they deserve a fuck ton of praise for this. Yes, great. They didn't shit the bed, but well, uh, yes. Shitting the bed isn't better than not shitting the bed. You're right. This was an amazing episode. This just brings up a lot of questions for me about the season as a whole, which we can talk about after we discuss this episode. Fair. So I really enjoyed it. So we got Clone Beth and Clone Beth. This episode has it all. It has everything we have come to love about this show. It had fucking hilarious jokes in it. I was laughing audibly by myself, probably like once a minute for the whole thing. I was writing down the jokes I liked so we could discuss it. And then I'm like, no, there's too many. It would be weird to just list off the jokes. It's a lot. Yeah, this episode was very funny. It had really interesting science fiction. It had some cool little, like the scene where Rick opens a bunch of tiny portals in his ship and they open in the enemy's ships and like he shoots all of them in the head through the portals. That kind of detail, I think, and that like little science fiction tidbit is something that we've been missing from this season. It was weird that all the ships exploded after he shot them in the head. Though they all crashed into each other, I think. Oh, did they? Okay. I'll be honest, the first time that scene happened, I was looking at my phone. So then the second watch, we're like, when the (laughs) fuck did this happen? You fool. Um... (laughs) There's something else that this episode had, which we've been missing a lot from a lot of these episodes, which was Rick has a moment with Beth where she says the such and such are trying to take over the galaxy. And he says, everybody's trying to take over the galaxy. The goal is to not piss off whoever does take off the galaxy so enough that they let you live. It actually had a Rickism philosophy. Yes. yes. I think his phrasing was more, so they leave you alone. Yeah, yes. exactly. <laughs> Beth is fighting the good fight. She is doing everything she can to stop a presumably dictatorship, we don't really know much about the government, from fucking up the galaxy and taking slaves and all that. Rick is saying, in the end, there's just going to be another one, and that the best she can do is try and get along with them. I know which I believe. I think I know which we all believe, but I'm going to ask anyway. Who do you think is right? I... Probably lean more towards Beth's side. Which Beth? Good point. Ah. Uh, Starkiller Beth. Uh, I kind of lean more towards her side for a couple reasons, but mostly because if it's a choice between that and Rick's philosophy of nothing accomplishes anything, so why try anything, is inherently flawed and is the words of somebody who has given up. Yep. Yeah, I mean, Rick's whole shtick is that he doesn't want to deal with anything. He just wants to be left alone to go on adventures with Morty and... I think it's indicative of the fact that he spent his whole young life fighting, and now he's an old man and just wants to be done with that shit, which I can understand. I am 100% on Beth's side, and I think partway through the episode... Like, they take the two Beths, and then Rick's like, no, no, I'm the one you want. I'm the smartest man in the universe. You want me. And Tamer's like, no, we don't. You're not doing anything. I know enough to know that if we leave you alone, you won't do shit. And I think that got to him. And I wonder if that's going to spur him into action. That is a good point. You could see the way they arranged that scene. You could just see him getting like really pissed off that they weren't after him. Yeah. I'm a little confused, Joseph. Are you saying like spurring him into action for season five or just in this episode? For season five or future seasons. I don't think it's going to change him that much. But you know what? We end the episode with both Beths straight up hating him. It's gone from like, well, we respect you less, you know, we we care more about the kids and that, to I think both Beths hate him. Yeah, basically. 
I'm a little surprised about something. This was kind of the ending I expected in season three. I expected that's where we were gonna get in season three when Beth and Jerry reconciled and Rick was gonna find himself odd man out in the family. But yep. I think maybe because of the rush that season went under where the, like Adult Swim kind of cut them short on episodes, I think they just ended up not doing that. Yeah. So. I don't want to speculate too much, even though this podcast literally exists to speculate, but I have a feeling that that was an uncompleted storyline from season three that we finally got to see here. I think that's a really good point. Impossible to say for sure, but definitely sounds real to me. I was happy to see it because it proved me right in a way, but also does put Rick in the most interesting position where Rick is now surrounded by people and alone, which is kind of fascinating to see Rick end up in this position. Yeah. Beth and Jerry are definitely against him. Summer and Morty, I would say it's like he's a cool guy to hang around with. He's fun. But they also both acknowledge that he's a shitty person. I'm basing this sort of on the Vat of Acid episode, but it feels a little like Morty is outgrowing Rick. That's a good way to put it. Another part of this, like going in a meta context... I think that the writers are making a deliberate push against people who were like, well, I'm the Rick of my friend group and people wanting to emulate Rick. I'm the Rick of my friend group. Wow, that's... Yeah, that is a that is a thing people say and think it's a badge of honor. Wubba lubba dub dub. <laughs> that's fucking douchey even for Rick and Morty fans. With all due respect to Rick and Morty fans, to think that you should emulate Rick, it's like being like, that Walter White had some good points. Like, no. No. Thanos did nothing wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, like, Rick's the worst. Being Rick doesn't seem fun. He's fucking tried to kill himself, like, twice already. I think that he was a good person before. Like, I think that before we meet him, I suspect he did a lot of excellent things and saved countless lives. But now... This was great. We got, you know, we got some philosophy here. We got some Beth. One nice Easter egg that I like. I don't know if it was an Easter egg exactly, but Badass Beth's coat has, like, a horse on the back of it. It looked closer to, like, a knight that you'd see on a chessboard, but it was a horse, like, oh, a horse's head. Oh, that's, that's a nice touch. I didn't notice that. But I do love the Beths at each other's throats and then joining forces in the end to kick Rick's ass. Uh, one thing that they kind of glossed over is, like, Rick's organs were fucking spilling out of his body. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's a big question that I had, because I was like, okay, even for Rick, that was being pummeled. Yeah. It is super funny to me that Rick has, like, iron curtains around his heart that can oh. just, like, deploy. <laughs> yes. that is something else that I would like to discuss. The animation style. They completely changed the animation style in that fight with Phoenix person. Oh, you mean how they did, like, the cuts to, like, the Mortal Kombat style? Yeah, the Iron Curtain around his heart was, like, the first uh, time we see it in the episode. I think we've talked about them trying new things and how, in general, that's a good thing. Just those new things haven't been executed properly. But this episode, I feel like they brought some new things to Rick and Morty and they executed them perfectly. Yeah. Also, with the guts out of his body thing, there was a moment I really liked when he drinks and then you see it spill out of his stomach a second later. <laughs> mm -hmm. Wow, I didn't notice that. That's awesome. It's super gross, but it's really funny. That was great. 
Also, the fact that we really actually saw Rick get his ass kicked. I don't think we've ever seen the most that I can think of really of Rick getting like absolutely annihilated have been like he gets stabbed or shot once. There is the uh, car battery episode. Zeep and Rick kicked each other's asses. He was not grievously wounded, but they were both fucked up after that. Class dismissed. Oh, jeez. (laughs) <laughs> no, it was. He literally just says, Jesus. <laughs> Jeez, I made that guy kill himself only in a literal sense. <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot of the overall, like, threads of the larger story in this episode. We got Tammy, we got Phoenix Person, we got the bug, like, government back. We got a lot in this episode. I mean, I'm still processing all of it, and I watched it last night and again today. That's another thing that they did. They actually did justice to the overall arc of the story. Which feels like a complete rollback of, like, the absolute fuck you of the story train episode. Which is like, you're not going to have all this stuff. Screw you and and the other fans. (laughs) Like, more than one of these episodes this season didn't feel like canon. It kind of felt like, oh, this is a side thing. And obviously, every episode is not going to going to have some direct connection to the overarching story, but usually there are little Easter eggs or there's something that tethers it to the universe where they reference something that happened before. That kind of all went out the window this season and they jam-packed it into this episode, which honestly was great. I love this episode. I think we're all in agreement over that. The rest of the season, and this isn't to insult Solar Opposites, I just mean this in that it felt like we were watching a different show. We we might as well have just been watching Solar Opposites. Like, you know, it felt like the characters were not themselves. It felt like, you know, you could have replaced Rick and Morty with Tommy and... Chucky. Oh, yes. Yes. I wasn't even going to Rugrats. I was going with Tommy, like, the guy played by Thomas Middleditch, and I was also going to go with King Jellybean. Do I get to have that? Is my reality like a side of fries you're willing to slide my way? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, God. Um, I love Thomas Middleditch. You are very right. For the rest of the season, it felt like Flights of Fancy with the characters, which... Now that we're talking about the overall season, this is the one thing about this episode that I find frustrating. I love the humor, I love the story, I love the character development of this most recent episode, and the thing that makes me frustrated about that is the fact that I feel like that means that for the rest of this half season, they were just like, well, we have to produce episodes of some kind, throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. Let's just kind of throw darts at, like, concepts, and then we'll figure that out, as opposed to stuff we can track throughout. It's true. I wanted preparation in the character dynamics for this. Starkiller Beth, I'm just going to start calling her that now, comes back to Earth and says, I'm back with Jerry? Okay, that's great. Let's see Beth and Jerry get super close in an episode this season and have to solve stuff together like we saw like way back when when they did like the group therapy stuff. Prepare us for the final episode that we're going to see. Like, give us, like, storylines we can follow so that when this hits, which it definitely was a hit, this episode, but make it a hit in the context of this season. What you just did is you gave me a mental image of Starkiller Beth watching the rest of the episodes of this half season and being like, this is what you guys have been doing without me? What the fuck? What is this shit? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's this stupid train episode? Fuck galactic independence. I need to go back to Earth and save this fucking show. <laughs> I'm going to the writer's room. <laughs> Also, yeah, let's just agree Starkiller Beth is fucking awesome. I love her. But here's the thing. Regular Beth is just as bad. Like, she's not actively putting herself in situations where she can be badass, but she is just as badass. Like, you know, we saw her wrecking the shit of the 
Federation people. That's what she's capable of. We talk about individual storylines? Now that we are talking about this? Yeah. I love that Dr. Wong came back. Yep, that was good. The Jerry puppet thing. Like, no, Jerry, that's just fucking crazy. <laughs> I don't think that's an appropriate term to use during the... No, no, you're insane. Please stop. It's creepy. I love... Yeah, that was That was great. I love that, Tammy, this is where my family has therapy. Oh, so you think this is a sacred space? No, it means I've spent a lot of time jerry-raking it with a bunch of traps. I think we've made a major breakthrough today. You've given me a lot to think about, flamethrower. <laughs> <laughs> and his plan, what that means is his plan was to incinerate Dr. Wong. <laughs> yeah, that was... What that the was, fuck? Yeah, that was like a very subtle... I would not call it subtle, but yes. Well, also, I loved after she was like, I think we should talk about that. <laughs> I also loved ending it with, I'm better than this job. Yeah, that was amazing. You think Dr. Wong is going to become an intergalactic Star-Lord? She's the new Tammy? Yeah, or the new Tammy or the new Beth or whatever. I would love to see just an episode of Beth and Badass Beth hanging out or they do a trading... Like, they mentioned doing a parent trap thing. I would love to see that. Well, you can probably rent it on Netflix. Shut the or fuck you can... up. <laughs> Jump off a bridge. <laughs> it's weird because Dr. Wong was pretty much designed to be a one-off character that I feel like seeing her return actually made me want... Not as strong as with Mr. Poopy Butthole, but I was like, this is a character that I want to be recurring. I want this to see this character be a part of the bits and a part of the stories. So you wouldn't say that her presence in the episode felt wrong? All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Joseph Nemitz is now dead. Uh, <laughs> you no longer have to send him anniversary gifts. He is now deceased. <laughs> no one was doing that. Well, yeah, you didn't acknowledge his wedding, you schmuck. <laughs> Semi-related, what's the URL of that website that sends animal feces for money? I know the one you're talking about, I just don't remember the URL. <laughs> A fucking year ago, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> okay, see, I was torn between telling you at the beginning and telling you at the end. I'm very glad I chose the beginning. It's our favorite recurring joke. Not telling Toby some very serious info? No, Toby's reaction to the very serious info. <laughs> The best part about this is, this is equal parts like him fucking with Toby, and he doesn't remember to tell. Yes, I don't remember to tell. In this case, I most certainly did. I was like, I should probably tell them, and then I didn't. Or rather, I should probably tell Brandon, and then I didn't. <laughs> I figured I'd wait to tell you. I can't even remember the context under which you told me, but I still remember it, it involved, oh, oh, and also you can't tell Toby, and I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> there was no fight, there was there no There was no life, hesitation. But... <laughs> yeah, of course not. If you told me, Brandon was initially like, oh, I have some reservations about that. Fucking bullshit. You would lose all respect for him as a human being. <laughs> I mean, one, I wouldn't believe it, and then if there was a recording, I, I, yes, I would lose all respect. Morty and Summer storyline. I feel like all three of us after this season saw the promo involving that invisibility belt and had very low expectations for that storyline. Toby? Uh, I was spacing out. You're going to have to repeat that. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Did you have high expectations for that storyline that we saw in the promo involving the invisibility belt? I don't even think I saw that promo, to be honest. 
My expectations were very, very low. I was like, you know, it's going to be some invisibility shenanigans. That's That happens in a shitload of sci-fi sci shows. I mean, it, it basically was. There wasn't anything particularly special about it, except that it was actually really funny. Some are saying, are you going to go to the girls' locker room? Should I bring a poncho? <laughs> Such a gross joke. <laughs> Such a fucking gross joke. Morty, uh, look at your little balls. <laughs> I felt like that storyline definitely played into the overall story a lot better than I was expecting, and it did like bring this season to a good conclusion. But I was absolutely surprised by how well that storyline worked. Yeah, no, like, they made it funny. Also, it's very small, but if you look in the background, when Morty takes the belt and runs away, and then Summer goes to leave, and there's a dude right there, he's like, what the fuck are you doing in my house? If you look just to the side of him, you'll see he has, like, a family picture up of him and his kid, neither of whom are smiling, and a drunk guy in his underwear behind them. What? Yeah, like a drunk old man. How do you notice this shit? How do you, like, miss key plot points in the episode and then notice shit? <laughs> also, how do you forget to tell Toby that you're married and you notice this shit? <laughs> Yo, what the fuck? <laughs> it is deliberate. It's been a little while since we've done this segment, partially because of the humor of the last half season. Let's not rehash old shit. Favorite joke of the episode? Let me see, because I have a list. Yeah, I literally don't have one. Honestly, just read the list and we'll... All right, sure. I think my favorite was... It was a very th small thing at the beginning. Rick was like, I love to go to therapy, but oh no, I'm disintegrating. And Jerry's reaction is, that's it? We did it? <laughs> <laughs> there was, get him, but not in a weird way. Jerry, don't bring puppets to therapy. But that's what they do on TV. TV also gives British people prizes for baking. Okay, there was a joke off of that one that I loved where Jerry storms in using uh, Tammy's corpse as a puppet. Yeah. Yep. And then because of what he does, they kill Bird Person. Phoenix Person. Phoenix it's pee Person. It's PP now. Pee -pee. <laughs> also, I, I did giggle at the name because I'm an adult. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was watching him like, this isn't funny to me, but I know who it'll be funny for. <laughs> no, I mean, um, okay, look, yesterday Tyler said the word duty in like a serious context and I started laughing. Of course you did. Going off the back of the puppet's joke in therapy with Jerry, when he comes in with Tammy's corpse, using it as a puppet when he's invisible, and then because of his actions, they, they kill Phoenix person. Um, and Beth just says, oh, wow, puppets turned out to be useful. It <laughs> looks like Jerry had the best arc of all of us. <laughs> <laughs> That was great. The beauty of that joke is that it paid off the random puppet joke that they made earlier, which could have just led to nothing. And I think a lot of moments in this previous season have led to nothing, but that one paid off very nicely. And not that it leading to nothing would have been a bad thing because the puppet yeah, no, joke was still funny. You don't have to pay off every single thing, but it's nice when you do. That was a great setup and payoff. I think one joke that made me laugh a lot was when Phoenix person said, it amazes me that your family somehow, I, I can't even remember the phrasing uh, of the your joke. Your family is so judgmental and still sucks so much or something yeah, like that. that. <laughs> yeah, it amazing me. it amazes me that this family could be so judgmental yet sucks so much. That I found really funny. It reminded me of the joke from Guardians 2 where the... Celestials saying, eh, we're about to be the only two preachers left alive in the universe, so stop pissing me off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what was the other joke I was going to mention? Oh yeah, Tammy is 
hitting Beth, and Jerry's like, hey, and then, like, one of the guards hits him, he's like, well, all I said is, hey, it's not like I can do anything else. <laughs> and then later, uh, when they're in the ship, I don't remember exactly what it was, Beth and Rick were arguing over the clone thing, and she said something like, hey, Jerry, defend me here, he's like, hey. <laughs> that is a good callback. We talked about this a little bit earlier, but I'm curious what you guys are expecting, assuming a season five, and therefore a season five arc, what are we expecting the dynamics to be like going forward? I thought I knew before I watched this episode, and now I have no fucking clue because they've returned to form, plus they added some new things, so I have no fucking idea. <laughs> I'll be dead honest. I don't want this to be the case, but I'm afraid it'll be the case that the new way that they'll go about it is similar to what happened this season, which is a whole lot of nothing and then a great episode and then a whole lot of nothing again. But like uh, like bookends with great episodes and a whole lot of yes. nothing? Don't get me wrong. The great episodes are great. The not great episodes are not great. I mean, I was still happy to watch a few of the episodes from this. Not all of them, though. I think they got steadily better from 6 to 10. Actually, yeah. Yes, sort of. I have a guess about what's going to happen in the arc from the next season. I think that progressively over the course of the next season, we're going to see the divide between Rick and Morty grow until in the end of the season, Rick is going to threaten to leave and Morty's going to tell him to go. Hmm. That's kind of what I expected to happen this season in season four, but season four basically ended where I expected season three was trying to end. So that's kind of what I expect is going to happen in season five, should it follow a season arc, is that we're going to see the divide between them grow. If that happens, it's going to start with everybody else abandoning Rick. Like, I mean, Beth has kind of done that already. Jerry was never on Team Rick. I think it'll slowly be like Summer and... Well, Morty's already pulling away a bit. So I do wonder, like, maybe he'll do something to piss off Summer. And then he'll turn to Morty and Morty will be like, No. No, all you do is berate me. We're done. I am excited to see a Summer and Rick adventure, though. That would be a great episode. Yeah, we don't get those very often. We've gotten a couple before, I think. We got one with the Gazorpazorp uh, story in season one. Yeah, we got one with Gazorpazorp, but I'm curious where they're going to take it, but that's just my guess. Also, interesting piece of information about this episode, since we've been kind of analyzing who's been writing the episodes and decide kind of like trying to figure out and divine from the tea leaves what that means. It was written by Jeff Loveness. No, this was written by somebody who'd never written an episode of TV before. Really? Her name is Anne Lane. She's formerly of like UCB and Groundlings. And this is, I believe this is her first ever written by episode to credit in a TV show. She's been a staff writer on Rick and Morty this season, but like this I think is the first like episode by her you don't say of any tv show and that's kind of amazing to me because this was great yeah yeah she killed it wow yeah good for her i'm excited to see what she does next she clearly has the fundamentals down she's got the storytelling gene like right there it's just surprising to me that like somebody like loveness came in with so much more tv writing experience i was very surprised how hit or miss his episodes were for me her never written tv before fantastic yeah, good for her. Oh, also, Summer's comment about Hansel and Gretel fucking was nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then, here's the last one. It was at the beginning, 
Starkiller Beth going to, she was with the doctor, and the doctor was like, yeah, man, that must be a crushing feeling of despair. Hey, do you want, I have something for that. Do you want these? They're non-addictive. Oh, who am I kidding? They are addictive. I'm a terrible oh, that- doctor. I have something for that, too. Pulls out the, I'm pretty sure it was the exact same pill bottle, <laughs> takes some of the pills, he's like, yeah, I'm a great doctor. <laughs> <laughs> that joke was that, amazing. <laughs> that shit made me laugh very hard. So news on season five. Royland has said in an interview that most of the episodes are written for season five. They don't have a premiere date. They haven't started animating as far as we can tell. And it doesn't look like they're going to divide it into two halves like they did this time. Well, I don't think they planned on that last time, but that's good. Good to hear. Chris Parnell has said that he thinks there's going to be less of a wait between seasons. Uh, Again, I hope you'll forgive the skepticism, but you know... (laughs) <laughs> I guess in the past they have openly admitted, yeah, it's going to be nine years before we get the next one. And more news, we know that Jeff Loveness is leaving the show. He wrote five episodes total, including the first episode of season five. We know that much. He's posted a picture of like the cover pages of all the scripts that he wrote. So it includes episode 501. And we know that he's leaving to go do Ant-Man and uh, whatever else comes. I'll be very curious because they have had some new talent this time. I'm curious to see how much they let new voices keep speaking as opposed to keeping the cycle of writers coming in and out. Because I think that'll tell us like the directions they're going in a lot. Do we have anything else to talk about? Or is this um, it? Well, I don't know if you know this, but Joseph's married. <laughs> <laughs> I do now, thank you. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I, I don't know who knows and who doesn't at this point. <laughs> He's been telling so many other people. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening to The Daily Squanch, our non-daily Rick and Morty podcast. We can be found on Spotify, uh, Pornhub. <laughs> um, Those are the only two places. Those are the only places that would take us. Also, Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud and Stitcher. And YouTube. Also, Google Play Podcasts. Oh, and you can also find us on How Are You Married? (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? Thanks so much for tuning in for the season with us. And we look forward to being back with you for season five. Yeah, Yeah. probably in two years. So thank you, listeners. I love you all except for you. You know who you are. (laughs) Uh, you can find us back here in two years when Rick and Morty starts again I'll be living in the Socialist Republic of California I'll be living in the fascist dictatorship of Texas (laughs) I will probably be dead